And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletic Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portson with you on a Tuesday morning. And who do we have with us but Fox Sports Ohio superstar? Is that too heavy? Jeff Rimmer is with us. Rims, how are you? I'm well. That is too heavy. Is it? <laughs> I mean, you were earlier this week hanging with Buble. Well, I mean, that's one thing. But, uh, hey, the guy who's a quality, uh, a quality entertainer, and he's an unbelievable hockey fan and uh, very much a gentleman, very down-to-earth guy, and uh, kind of enjoyed uh, talking to him then. And, of course, we converse from time to time. He'll send me a text during a game, whether he's watching or uh, sometimes we'll call and just want to pick my brain for his uh, hockey pool team. So uh, we spend uh, some time together, and he's really, really a cool guy. Do you ever offer him any advice, like music-wise, Rims? No, I don't. Uh, no. Although he's uh, he's asked me to uh, to write a song, but yes. uh, I haven't got that talent, so I'll stay away from fantastic. it. Fantastic. Now, forgive. How did we're getting we're getting sidetracked before we even start here? How does Jeff Rimmer come to meet Michael Bublé? He would have known you from your days as a Montreal broadcaster, young. No, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> he and I uh, became close because of my son Josh. Okay. Uh, uh, my son, Josh Rimmer, has been a uh, sports producer for years, and uh, they formed a friendship. And uh, one day, Buble said, do you mind uh, if I got your number or your dad's number from you and uh, awesome. maybe give him a call? And uh, from that point on, uh, well, we've been uh, pretty good friends. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I can't compete with that. But I I, I appreciate your humility, Rims to be with the superstar earlier in the week and then join the front and nationwide podcast 
Like it's no big deal. You're man of the people. You, You're man of the people. Are you suggesting I'm taking a step down here or what? <laughs> a half step. Maybe a half step. Maybe a half step. Uh, news okay. from Blue Jackets camp today. Nick Foligno did not skate. I can't remember what the phrase is. Unable to practice, I think, is what it is. Um, it was, no, yes. Yeah, no word from the club. No idea what that is. I mean, it's weird how they set this up. Everyone gets suspicious that maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Of course, maybe it's COVID. No reason to believe that. He did not skate today. Did not see him for any part of it either. So uh, we'll keep our ears open for news in that regard. Uh, but hope that maybe he's just like Dubois and Murray, who missed some time last week and have been now uh, full go the last couple of days. One other bit of news since we spoke to you last, Josh Anderson, uh, who had been training away from the team in Toronto, joined the Blue Jackets late last week or middle of last week and has been skating on his own now for a few days. Uh, the Blue Jackets br- bringing him here so that he can spend time here with the team, but also so that when they go to Toronto, he can go into the bubble with them. If they were to meet him in Toronto, which was kind of the original plan, then he would have had to sit out a week for quarantine purposes before he could go into the bubble. So basically, from the moment he's cleared to play, he would have had to wait 11 days. So, no, get here, young man, and now he can go with them. Who knows when he'll be able to play, but when he's cleared to play, he can play immediately, no pause needed. Um, Rims, the one thing about this camp that I think has been eye-opening to me, and I don't know what I expected given the four-month layoff. It's been a layoff like no other. Um, the pace of this camp, it, it's been really impressive, and I, wa- I wonder if that has stood out to you as well, just how fast these guys look and, and, and how ready they appear, even though they really didn't have much access, some of these guys, to traditional workout equipment. I, I, I agree 100%. But just as an aside here, before we discuss uh, uh, the team here and, and the first week of practice, plus I do want to say that Josh Anderson, from the reports that I'm getting, is looking pretty good. Now, as you uh, uh, reported, and rightfully so, he'll certainly not play in this uh, upcoming series against Toronto, uh, the qualifying round. But should the Blue Jackets advance, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, in the uh, first round of the playoffs that uh, he's in the lineup. He is looking really good and uh, will continue to uh, skate on his own. Perhaps once the team gets to Toronto, I understand he could possibly begin skating with the team. And uh, that would certainly be a welcome sign. But uh, the fact of the matter is, and he would skate with the guys that are going to play uh, in the qualifying round. He'd likely skate with uh, the extras. But uh, from all I've, I've heard, and that is that he's looking pretty good and uh, feels a lot better than he has at any point. And uh, let's hope that continues. Uh, as far as uh, practice in the first week plus, I've been, I too have been impressed. The pace that they're playing with, the speed that they're showing, and uh, hey, let's be honest about it. With the number of injuries the team suffered last year, they lost a lot of speed in their lineup. But with Texier back, uh, Benstrom has certainly shown some uh, some speed. Perhaps he skated over in Sweden when he went home during the pause. Uh, obviously, uh, the newcomer, uh, uh, the 19-year-old, Booty, uh, the Blue Jackets. Uh, 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 drafted uh, Liam uh, Foody. Yes, Foody has uh, looked superb and interesting that uh, he was taken away from, well, uh, one-third of the line because, of course, as you mentioned, Felino wasn't there, but uh, Foody right. certainly brings speed. We haven't even talked about uh, 
uh, Eric Robinson, who scored three goals in the scrimmage uh, Monday and uh, is expected uh, to be a key player here. And if, if his hands ever catch up to his feet, he certainly right. has some of the best speed in the National Hockey League, in my opinion, the way he is right now. And if he can ever get those hands going with those feet, he will be a dominating player in this league. Yeah, he can certainly – I mean, I, I think they are, and Tortorella has said this multiple times, they're very wary of the Maple Leafs' speed, and certainly they don't want to play in a style that lets the Leafs uh, stretch uh, the ice and open up the ice. But Cooney, Robinson, Robinson today in the scrimmage for what this is worth, a 6 nothing win uh, for one team over the other team. I think it was blue. I, it doesn't really matter. Uh, he had a hat trick. Now, I, that doesn't count for anything except if you're Eric Robinson trying to make this team and show this team that maybe you can be a difference maker. I thought he looked really good today. Hadn't really noticed him, frankly, much through camp until today. Foodie was given, you mentioned this earlier, Foodie was given a, a massive role right from the start of camp with Jenner and Felino, uh, Texier with Dubois and Bjorkstrand. They are, they are giving these young these two young players, and there are other young players, I think four of their 12 uh, uh, top forwards at the start of camp were rookies. But those two guys in particular, I, they want those guys to take a big bite out of this thing is the sense that I'm getting. Do you, you concur? Absolutely. Going into uh, these playoffs, the Blue Jackets have the youngest team, just uh, light, uh, what is it, slightly over the age of 26. Yep. And if you look ahead – and they go with speed in the lineup, they'll even be younger against Toronto. I mean, they, they yep. could be in, in that 24-year-old uh, range uh, icing the lineup uh, in the uh, uh, qualifying series here against the Maple Leafs. And uh, I'll tell you, Toronto is a fast team. They are uh, very skilled. I doubt very much if head coach John Torella uh, wants to get into a track meet with these guys, though. Uh, they can score on the rush. Uh, they can certainly uh, beat you down low. And uh, I'll tell you, you talk about speed and skill. Uh, you can talk all you want about George uh, or uh, Austin Matthews. I got George yeah. Matthews on the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Matthews, and uh, you can certainly uh, add Tavares, uh, who I'm told really uh, was banged up during the course of the regular season, but he is flying right now. And then Mitch Marner. That guy's got eyes behind his uh, oh. head. I watched, I watched some video of uh, a play that he set up uh, in the scrimmage today, and literally he raced down through the middle of the ice and then dropped a perfect pass, not even looking behind him to the oncoming Leafs, who very easily put the puck into the net by Frederick Anderson, who, by the way, my spies tell me, is struggling. He is struggling mightily, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's two Frederick Andersons. There's the dominating Frederick Anderson, and yeah. there's the one that is struggling, and I understand he's struggling right now. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think the the Blue Jackets' ability to control Tampa Bay last year, and we say control, that first game looked in the first period like it was going to be a nightmare. Uh, but they got it together, and after that, they ran that series. I had the feeling early in Game Three that there's there's just nothing Tampa can do with this, which is a it's a crazy feeling to have against a team that's that skilled. Is this Leafs team? And I, I obviously that Lightning team was awesome, but can this Leafs team match 
that firepower, are they as big a challenge in your mind, Rims, as the Lightning were? Do they have more guys you worry about offensively, or is it the same? No, I think that uh, uh, Toronto has more firepower. I think offensively, I I do. I mean, uh, there's Kucherov and obviously Stamkos, and uh, Sorelli certainly uh, became a a, a big person in that lineup. And uh, Point, I'm told, uh, talking to my uh, former colleague and and good friend Brian Engblom, that uh, he looks even better and faster this year. He doesn't know what he did during the pause. But he looks like uh, Braden Point. He's got more speed than he had last year. But wow. believe me, when you start talking in terms of these Toronto Maple Leafs with Matthews, who was in the fight with Ovechkin for the goal-scoring lead all season long, when you add uh, the likes of a Tavares who uh, can beat you in so many different ways, Mitch Marner, uh, they've got some uh, offense to the back end with Morgan Riley and Tyson Berry. There is uh, some, I believe, uh, some firepower that the Blue Jackets are going to have to contend with in that uh, five-game series. Rims, who's your goalie? You've watched this team for seven skates now, eight days. Is that any clearer to you who the goalie is in the first round, in the qualifying round? Uh, well, Jody Shelley, my uh, elite broadcast partner, and I, thought going in that it was Corpus Allo's job. Uh, I'm not so so sure of that right now. Uh, I, I think Elvis has been the steadier of the two goaltenders. Yeah. I think that uh, the thing that I notice about Elvis is he seems very controlled in the net. Yeah. Uh, he is not lunging at pucks. He's letting the pucks hit him. Not that I'm uh, Manny Legacy's uh, assistant uh, goaltending coach by any stretch of the imagination, but he looks under control. And that's a big thing for goaltenders. Not that I ever played uh, goal other than uh, did a commercial one time in Ken Dryden's goalie pad <laughs> while I worked in Montreal. But um, I'll tell you, I, I think right now, if, if I had to name the starting goaltender, it will be Elvis. But we still have some 10, 12 days before uh, that first game, and you're going to see Corpus Allo give all that he, that he can. But uh, for me, it's uh, Elvis. Would you agree? Yeah, I would, and, and I was just going to say, I, it is amazing to me. I think about just a year or so ago, that kid up in Traverse City for the first time playing on the smaller rank, and he, he let in a floater early. You went, oh, boy. and and Because you knew it was going to be a huge adjustment. And to your point, he was flailing. He was he was going after every puck. He was he was making all of the saves rather than letting some of the saves just make themselves by finding him. Um, he had that moment in Winnipeg. You recall the game where yes. he tried to fire the puck up the middle of the ice, turnover, uh, jet score. I thought Torch was going to kill him, and I, I think that was a necessary moment. You talk about unfortunate things sometimes having a long-term benefit. The conversation they had in, after that game and in the days that followed uh, about how Elvis felt that it was his job here to go win every game, and that's what it looked like he was trying to do. And that he looks like a totally different goaltender to me now, and I mean that in the best way possible. He still makes incredible saves, but he seems so composed. It doesn't seem like he's trying to grow into the moment Rims, it feels like he is of the moment now. It, it, he does look like a different goaltender. Do you concur? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And as I said, he seems under control, and that's a big yeah. that's a big plus for a goaltender. And and if we can draw the analogy with the former goaltender, what's that guy's name in Florida now? Bobrovsky, oh. uh, whatever his name is. Uh, I mean, he was at his best when he played under control. Now, Elvis has been his own worst enemy, and uh, it all started, and uh, you certainly documented it in several stories. He signed after the World Championships, not uh, last season, but, of course, the season before and towards the end. And in his best interest, he should have gone down and played for Cleveland in the playoffs and adapted to the North American rink. Quite frankly, Quite frankly, the way he finished from uh, December 31st, from New Year's Eve on, when he won his first game, beating that uh, goaltender from the South by the name of Bobrovsky, from that point on, uh, he was pretty impressive. Uh, look at the numbers. They speak for themselves. So for me, if he would have gone to Cleveland and got adjusted during that uh, playoff, uh, I, I really believe that not only – would he have won the job at a training camp, but likely would have been right there with the Makars of the world and potentially uh, being rookie of the year in the NHL because I understand there were some people that thought that he deserved some consideration. Uh, Of course, he didn't finish anywhere near the top. We have the finalists now. But the fact of the matter is I think that uh, he was his own worst enemy, and had he gone to training camp, or excuse me, gone and played in the playoffs and come to training camp, ready to go from day one, he might have won the job outright there in training camp. I love the Just kid. Just a thought. Just a thought. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he settled down. I mean, he is uh, a rock star. And I'll tell you what, uh, he, he, uh, he is only going to get better, in my opinion. You know, it's interesting. I, I felt – I never felt like he – he never rubbed me the wrong way. I got the feeling that there were a lot of people who expected to be rubbed the wrong way by him and his personality who over time have sort of come around to recognize who he is. I don't know if it's because he's had success in the NHL now and so it's more palatable for certain people, but I feel like there I feel like people were bracing for him and that maybe the reality of him isn't as isn't quite what he was built up to be. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you're saying. And and I got to tell you, uh, I had the good fortune uh, after he was drafted and came for development camps to spend some time with him. And the Blue Jackets one year had me uh, empty a little uh, a program amongst all the rookies and asking them questions, et cetera. And I told them that day, don't ever change your personality. He has a personality, and he should be allowed to express it. But I yeah. really believe – I really believe – what happened, people were looking out of the corner of their eyes at him based on, number one, not going to Cleveland and at least adapting to the game. So when he came to camp uh, and then had some difficulties, as you well know, and then got into some games that didn't perform very well, think of that first game in Pittsburgh. I mean, (laughs) and, and, and all due respect, that was not a way to debut in the National Hockey League, but unfortunately he did it to himself. So, yeah, people kind of looked out of the corner of the eye and, uh, is this guy for real? And all we heard was that he was the best goaltender outside the National Hockey League. I had Ray Ferraro, okay? Ray Ferraro, the longtime uh, hockey broadcaster, former NHL player who works for NBC and TSN. Ray came to me opening night, and he said, I'll tell you right now, Jeff, this guy will be your starting goaltender 
by November 1st. Well, it didn't happen only because Elvis wasn't ready. And I go back to, again, and I'm repeating myself here, but I really think he hurt himself there. Uh, you know what? And Ray, Ray Ferraro saw him play repeatedly in world championships and just spoke in superlatives about a great goaltender that he was. And, uh, yeah, he showed it in the second half. I spoke to Ray earlier today, and I know he's always felt highly of Elvis. I'll say this, though. Like, for players to – players typically don't weigh in on other guys' contracts or what they do. And the reason – I'm not sure if they had – if there was any sort of animosity or any sort of um, – I don't know, if it if it irritated the players the way that he handled his contract. I think that's a little shitty, if I can say it that way. He signed the contract he did so that he would be closer – to getting a one-way contract in the NHL. And he had been in, in Switzerland for something like six years. He, he was not going to come over here. And, I, and and players should know this as much as anybody. When a team tells you, uh, we're going to play you at the NHL level or this is the year or whatever, none of that stuff is guaranteed, right? Now, you got to earn your way up for sure. But I think he wanted to make sure that he had control of the situation before he decided to leave an awesome setup in Lugano by all accounts. To come here, so I think the kid took care of his business just like a lot of like Josh Anderson's taking care of his business, like Pierre Luc Dubois going to take care of his this summer. I don't, I don't think that kid's any different. He had reasons for doing what he did. One thing about that Pittsburgh game that I'll always remember and always respect about him is there are a lot of guys, and if you think about the buildup of your first NHL game how excited you are then to get lit up like that. There are a lot of guys that would have been back in the showers waiting for the media to leave. And that kid was front and frickin' center, ready to own it. And, that, and I walked away from that thinking, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine because that kid cares. He's a really good goalie. Andy cares. Yeah. No, there's some goaltenders that might have been on the bus waiting for the team. So, hello. <laughs> 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 oh. It's unbelievable. Oh, Sergey! Uh, oh. Hey, he won. <laughs> he won several games for the Blue Jackets. And no he did his job here. Uh, disappointed the way it ended the last season, uh, and it started with you right there. And I'll never forget it. Uh, opening day of training camp, you went over to talk to him, and boy, he gave you an earful. And from Ooh. that point, that from that point on, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, lost a little bit of respect for Sergey. Uh, great goaltender, uh, deserves a lot of credit for the Blue Jackets' success, but I was disappointed with him during his last season. And, hey, be careful what you wish for. Dennis Potvin, uh, my former broadcast partner with the Florida Panthers, uh, longtime analyst for the Panthers, he said to me when all the rumors started, and this was during the last season, that uh, he played as a Blue Jacket and the rumors that he was going to Florida. And, of course, he ended up in Florida with a $10 million a year contract. Uh, he told me you could have Luongo and Bobrovsky both in goal and you're not going to be able to win because the defense is porous. And yeah. that certainly proved to be the case. And, in fact, uh, I was told uh, by my good friend Artemi Panarin uh, at one point during the course of last season, uh, Panarin told me in a private conversation that he'd been talking to Bobrovsky, who was tired of the odd man rushes, the three on twos and the two on one. Well, right. they don't have they don't have Seth Jones and Zach Lorinsky no. and David Savard and Gabrikov and a healthy Ryan Murray to name the top five defensemen on this hockey club. And uh, he certainly felt 
that, uh, you know, uh, this was maybe not such a good decision based on their defense. It'll be interesting to see how they play against uh, the Islanders and if they do tighten things up under head coach Joel Quenville and Bobrovsky can make amends because, hey, there's a lot of pressure on him right now going into that playoff series against the Islanders. And if it doesn't work out, there's only six years and $60 million left on the deal. Yeah, exactly. Mike Costale talent his job. This is the last year of his uh, contract, and there's talk that that could be it for him. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right. The boys will be getting back out on the diamond this week, and while we may not be able to join them at the park, there is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grab this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Support for Front and Nationwide is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada. So for those listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Yes, the world's best below-the-belt trimmer is now available north of the border. The third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Ouch. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery now lasts 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. If you're listening to Front and Nationwide, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC20. Let me ask you about the other end of the ice today, because I I asked John Tortorella this question. I'm I'm always fascinated by these kind of things. And just reliving this, because it, it, it must be said before we delve in here. This team lost Panarin. This team lost Duchesne from last year. Now, those aren't those aren't those weren't their leaders offensively in all of the games last year in the postseason, certainly. But that's where the line formed offensively behind those guys, and everybody knew it. Who on this team, Brims, do you see elevating their play and their presence on this team in the postseason at forward? without those guys around anymore? I mean, there's some obvious candidates. Who do you think is the guy that's that's the get-behind-me boys in the playoffs for the Blue Jackets this year? 
Okay, I got two names, but I do want to mention one thing about uh, Duchesne. Uh, I wasn't uh, so upset that Duchesne left as a free agent. In fact, my friend Michael Buble was more upset about Duchesne leaving because he lumped him in with Bobrovsky and uh, Panarin uh, and actually performed last July at the Schottenstein, and he started his concert by uh, ripping those three and saying they never should have left Columbus. This is a great city, and they should have stayed with their Blue Jackets. And, of course, he got a round of applause and got a standing ovation. Duchesne, by the way, sent him a text and saying, I guess I'm not going to uh, be listening to my uh, Michael Buble Christmas uh, uh, records anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I asked asked, uh, Buble about that during the interview last week, and uh, he kind of sheepishly uh, had a little chuckle there. But uh, uh, let me just say this, that uh, there's one guy – actually two guys, but one guy really learned a lot watching Artemi Panarin. And that I give a lot of credit to Panarin because he spent some time talking to Oliver Bjorkstrand. We yep. all knew that Oliver Bjorkstrand was a sharpshooter, but he watched how Panarin worked in the gym. He watched how he handled himself on and off the ice, how he practiced. And Bjorkstrand was, without question, the Blue Jackets' best player when he went out with the injury and the broken ankle. Uh, yep. last or this season uh, before the pause. And I think he's a guy that can certainly uh, carry the Blue Jackets. He's a sniper. He can score. He is smart. He's hanging on to the puck more. He's battling in the corner. And the other guy, they expect him, and there's a little pressure on him to perform, and he wants to be that guy, and that's Cam Atkinson. Atkinson yeah. You know, Atkinson has stated, uh, to his credit, that he's got to contribute. He's got to be one of the go-to guys. And if those two players in particular can put the puck into the net, uh, I, I think the Blue I like the Blue Jackets' chances not only in the series against Toronto, but a team that could make some noise. They can't do it by themselves. Pierre Luc Dubois, who's as you mentioned a few moments ago, is uh, itching for a new contract. Uh, hey, this is a big series and a big playoff for him. He's sure. got to be one of those two uh, or one of those three guys that uh, lead this team offensively. I'm looking for more from uh, the captain, Nick Foligno, and he wants to contribute more. Nyquist, I'll tell you what, this guy doesn't get enough credit for the way that he plays, and he turned out to be a key performer. And what a great signing by Jarmo Kekalainen. This guy's a, a leader. Uh, this guy does it on the ice. He does it off the ice. He doesn't look for any attention. He goes about his business. His head coach, John Tortorella, likes to use that phrase. And uh, I've become quite an Iquist fan as well. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this – the one thing that worries me about this team in the playoffs, and I I, I agree with, with your comments on Duchesne about the Blue Jackets not trying to keep him and not paying him that contract is – He's an odd fit as a number one. Like, I think he's a number one offensive center. Look at his season in Nashville. He was a big disappointment there. I understand. He's a big playoff. I understand that. You can't play him as a number one center checking-wise, though. Like, so it's an odd fit when to dangle him in there and to pay him that kind of money. If you're throwing that kind of money around, you typically want a guy that that can be on the ice in all situations. You're not concerned about matchups with him. Um, so I don't mind him leaving, but I don't think there's any doubt that he added an element of offensive zip to this team that they, and along with Panarin, those guys and players like that, they can score what I think a lot of people around the league now call easy goals, quick goals, goals out of nowhere. 
And I feel like this Columbus team, we saw it this year, other than Bjorkstrand, who's got that amazing shot, they have to work so damn hard to score. Um, Toronto can score off one little hitch, one little breakdown, boom. They can dangle, they can spread the ice, they can score. That's what that's what concerns me most in this series. I think they can skate and they can they can hang with Toronto and they can be hard to play against. I just the concern for me is who scores the goals that can give them any sort of margin for error, which you need against a, a team like the Leafs with so much skill. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy, but I I, I don't think it uh, is going to be the problem. Uh, that you think it is. It was certainly a problem this season, and in particular, what with all the injuries. But I think guys, and hey, he was, as advertised, a guy that was supposed to put the puck in the net. He's certainly capable of doing it. And uh, I think Benstrom's got to be one of those guys that uh, that needs to score for this team. I think the power play needs to be effective in this series for the Blue Jackets to beat Toronto in the uh, qualifying set. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think it'll be a little bit easier to score now if this team can stay healthy. Can they score with the, the likes of the Maple Leafs? We're going to find out in this series, but I think that's where goaltending is certainly going to be a key as we look back on the back end. And I think defensively, with the group that this Blue Jackets team has, I think that uh, they can uh, they can contain Toronto. They're going to have to stay out of the penalty box, though, because the Leafs had one of the best power plays in the National Hockey League. Rims, we talked to Bob McGilligan last week about the challenges he's going to face calling these games. What is it going to be like for you? And do you have any experience that could possibly prepare you for calling games remotely um, while the game's going on in the bubble? You're in nationwide. Anything that can prepare you for that? No, it's uh, going to be a little trial by error. Uh, I, I think that uh, uh, obviously it's a challenge. Uh, I, I certainly. Uh, hope that uh, with the intensity, and I I expect that uh, it won't be exactly the same with uh, an empty arena, but the intensity goes up uh, uh, several uh, octaves during the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I hope we see that intensity and can hear that intensity on the ice, and I think that'll certainly help me elevate uh, uh, my game, and uh, I'm hoping that with a big enough monitor, We'll be able to call the game and uh, obviously uh, give the fans uh, what they're looking for and the insight and uh, uh, the play-by-play and uh, the color that uh, hopefully uh, we'll see the Blue Jackets uh, victorious. Are you still going to make Jody Shelley stand down between the benches or is he okay in your booth? No, Jody will be uh, with me. I I don't know, (laughs) to be honest with you, if we're going to be in the booth. We may be at another location around Nationwide Arena. We're still working on that. Uh, so that uh, remains a work in progress. But wherever we are, Jody will be alongside, and uh, we look forward to uh, broadcasting these playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Rims, who's your pick to come out of the East? I'm going to ask you your favorite in each conference, your sleeper in each conference, and your cup winner. Oh, boy, you're really putting the pressure on here. So who comes out of the East? I, I, I'm telling you, it's wide open. I don't know what to expect uh, after a four-month layoff, four months plus. Right. Uh, I think it's really wide open. I think the team that uh, uh, can put it together stays healthy because it's going to be, as they say, a marathon here. I mean, yeah. just imagine if the Pittsburgh Penguins, who should be one of the teams that uh, are the favorites, if they come out of the East and go to the Stanley Cup final to win that coveted cup, it's going to take, what, five series to win. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, certainly they are one of the favorites. Uh, as I said, with it wide open, I'm not going to be a homer and say that the Blue Jackets are going to win. But, uh, hey, uh, stranger things could happen here. This yeah. is a wide open. This is different. This is not your typical uh, NHL 82-game season and out of the quarterfinals. Uh, after a four-month layoff, I don't know really what to expect from yeah. some of the favorites. The Boston Bruins. Uh, Boston certainly is capable of coming out of the East. Out West, I like St. Louis. They uh, mm. have even added some speed with a couple of young guys in their lineup. They certainly are capable of repeating. And with Bennington and Gould, they'll certainly be a formidable uh, opponent. I think Colorado could be a surprise team yep. out West. Uh, I think the Avalanche have got a lot of talent, led by Nathan McKinnon, Makara on the blue line. If they get any kind of goaltending, uh, they could certainly be a team to be reckoned with. Nashville, long overdue. They've got the Duchesnes and the Ryan Johansons and the Kyle Turrises. They've got a great blue line led by Yossi. They've got two quality goaltenders. They've underachieved. Is this the year they put it all together? Uh, Again, it's going to be wide open. Stanley Cup winner. Wow. Uh, if, if you force me to pick a team, I would not be surprised to see either the Blues repeat or the Penguins come out of the East and win it all. Wow. Interesting. Um, will this Stanley Cup winner have an asterisk next to its name for you forever? N- not at all. Not at all. I think it's going to be more difficult to win the Stanley Cup this year than any year and any team that uh, uh, rightfully wins it after all that we've been through with the pandemic and just the effort by the National Hockey League and the NHL Players Association to put this tournament together, they deserve all the credit in the world, and there should be no asterisk. Hey, they're going to go through four or five series to crown a champion. How can you say there's an asterisk next to their Stanley Cup championship banner? I've heard some guys say they think this one's going to be even more impressive. If there's an asterisk, it's because that team deserves more respect than even in a normal year. I buy that. This is interesting. Yeah. I buy that. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Rims, it's been different at training camp. It's been good to see you, my friend, but it's different out there. And what's it been like for you trying to get revved up and do your job without the – there's no – wandering to the dressing room, getting little anecdotes. John Tortorella is loving this, by the way. But there's no um, there's no little asides with players. There's no just chit-chat. It's there, I know you're you're a seasoned pro with that. How different is all of this for you? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot different. I got to tell you, uh, John Tortorella may love it, but then again, I think he loves interacting. I think a lot of he it uh, is a bit of an act. He loves to interact with us. And uh, today he waved his stick at me in practice there with a big smile. Uh, he misses that uh, one-on-one uh, ability to, to talk to you or me or whomever, Jody Shelley. Uh, I've talked to uh, players privately. I've talked to uh, some other folks around the team privately, and they miss that interaction as well. Yeah. But, hey, hey, uh, I give them all, all credit, not only the Blue Jackets, but all these NHL teams here as they get set to go to the bubble. Uh, what was it today? We learned that over 2,600 tests, only two positive tests. That's yep. incredible. It is. And uh, once they get into the bubble here, I think it's smooth sailing. Uh, there are some people that criticize the National Hockey League 
for not going to the bubble earlier. But just imagine the cost. I'm told it's between 50 and $70 million to pull this thing off in the, in the bubble. I was told that today. Can you imagine? And the NHL's footing the bill for the entire uh, 50 to $70 million. They deserve a lot of credit. And uh, at the end of the day, we're going to get through this. We're going to look back on it in amazement. And it's going to be just a terrific ride watching these games. These fans are going to be uh, so excited to watch hockey. <laughs> and believe me, I can't wait for the, uh, the qualifying round. Can you imagine? I'll be watching hockey from oh. early in the morning until uh, late at night, and I'll love every minute of it. There's best of five is insane. I don't know how, if people quite grasp. I don't know if I quite grasp how different best of five is from best of seven. It's so fast. It's going to be so crazy. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I, I can't wait uh, for the Blue Jackets to start it all on August the 2nd. And looking forward to uh, the preseason or pre-tournament game, if you will, uh, with the Boston Bruins yeah. on Thursday. It's going to be great. And you guys, you're doing the exhibition game. You're doing all the first-round games, if necessary. Do you know if you're doing the second-round games as well, or how's that going to work? The way I understand it is that we will do uh, the exhibition game against Boston on the 30th. Obviously, we'll do all the games that do not become exclusive to NBC in that uh, qualifying series. And I, I doubt they'll take the qualifying series because there's a Canadian team involved. Uh, and Toronto and, and NBC likes to have those two U.S. cities uh, yeah. going head-to-head. So I would suggest we'll probably do every game. And the only way that we wouldn't is if NBC did a game on the main network uh, with the Blue Jackets involved, then obviously we would get bumped. And then right. we go to round one, formerly known as the quarterfinal series, and we get to do those as the norm, and uh, we will get to do uh, round one should the Blue Jackets advance over Toronto as well. And then from that point on, it's uh, all NBC and uh, all uh, Sportsnet in Canada. Yeah, awesome. Well, Rims, Allison will be back next week, so thanks for helping us get through without our fearless leader? Uh, She's the best, and I hope uh, she enjoys the hiking and stays away from bears, or at least has her bear spray with her. Yes, although I like her chances against most bears, I have to say. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's tough. I wouldn't want to tangle with her. Rims, thanks for being with us, the man, or thanks for being with me, and I'll see you out there at the rink tomorrow. I'll look forward to it. Thanks, buddy. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.